You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, so uh, you're listening to Tanya Pinkins uh, at Podmax. Um, I'm here today and I have a wonderful guest, Chaz Wolf, who is a serial entrepreneur and he brings growth to organizations. And um, this is the Broadway Podcast Network. So help me welcoming Chaz. We were a last minute matchup. My original matchup didn't show. I've been ghosted, stood up today. Chaz stepped in. To be That's my fun. groom for the day. Absolutely, I'm. I'm thankful to be here. Thanks for having me. As well as you know, it's funny in sales and business, uh, we we have rejection, we have no shows, right? It's part, <laughs> it's part of life, isn't it? Part of relationships. Oh, it hurts every time. Every rejection hurts. I know. I know. So I think I think today I've got a lot of salespeople, and it's something. Nice. You know, I think I'm always good at selling on behalf of other people. I'm a good hype person for other people. I super suck at it for myself. In fact, I, I, part of me said I need to have my own hype person who travels with me. But I was uh, on occasion on one event where someone introduced me with a lot of hype. And I noticed that I just shriveled up. I was like unable to speak or talk. Like, like uh, I'm used to being the underdog. When someone celebrates me, I, I don't know what to do with that. So I bet a lot of business people have that. Yeah, well, it's it's a difference between love to win and hate to lose. Mm. Right? Love to win people it doesn't mean it's not one is better than the other. Love to win people are constantly after the win, uh, the celebration, the mm. the uh, reach for what I don't have uh, or, or reach for, for what's next. The hate to lose is like I can't stay here. I can't. I can't let them beat me. I can't let them get me. I got to push. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how can I get to be a love to win? Right. Well, no, no. You, 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 you the hate to lose. You just got to know how to position yourself. You got to, you got to know that um, that's who you are. And so you got to constantly be thinking of who do I, who do I pit myself against? Right. Cause you, oh, but I don't like that. I don't want to, I do it all. I'm, look, I reflexively do it, but I'm too old for that. <laughs> me. But I'm like, I'm, it's, this is the last chapter of my life. I, yeah. I don't want these battles, but you, you, you beg me. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe it's a, um, a hate to lose in regard to 
the next part of your story, which could be maybe legacy. Obviously, you said it's the last chapter, quote unquote. And maybe the the hate to lose for you is uh, not letting people, maybe like me or others, not lose, right? And so you've got to change the projection there, maybe possibly uh, away from yourself and into who, what the next generation looks like. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. They What's your said, impact? What's your legacy? I don't know. You know, legacy. Uh, uh. <laughs> so serial entrepreneur, that is something that I've been, I've been contemplating in this last year, becoming my own business rather than being just a person who works for other people. Sure. And uh, I've heard a lot about it in, in, in the, in the clubhouse platform. It was a bit overwhelming, but now I'm like, Ugh. So yeah. tell us about ugh, starting yeah. businesses. Yeah, starting businesses obviously is a, a glorious thought. Like, you know, you get excited about, oh, I want to be a business or an entrepreneur, right? You, you hear about these things, whether it be in Clubhouse or social media. But the, the, the nitty gritty of it is, is that most businesses fail. Um, most businesses within five years are, are out, um, three to five years. Most businesses, 90% of businesses don't produce a million dollars or more. So it's like, you know, you, you, can, you can strip away the glamour real quick if you want to. I think it goes back to your DNA or either what it is that you're trying to reach for. So some, some people just have a DNA of like conquer, right? Like it doesn't matter what I do. I'm just going to freaking climb the mountain. And if, if that energy can be channeled into their own business, then great. Sometimes they do well in sales. Like you said, maybe working for other people or maybe being a project manager it doesn't mean that they have to be an entrepreneur. It just means that they're wired in a specific way of, of uh, project achievement, right? Um, outside of that, some people just want freedom. They're just like, I don't want to work for anybody else. I don't want them to tell me to show up at 8 a.m. I want to show up at 8.05 because I want to or whatever. You know, they just don't like me putting in a box. Definitely got that. I mean, like <laughs> I spent the last two years making my own film and I produced it and I financed it and I did everything and yeah. I loved it. I mean, yeah. I failed a million times, but I was like failing on behalf of myself is so much more fulfilling than failing on behalf of other people. So I got some of that, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's always I gotta stop you because the painting on the wall behind you. Um, it's got me. You gotta tell me about this painting. Ah. It's a green and gold and yellow swirl. Um, it could be a storm, it could be clouds, it could be water, it could yeah. be a spirit that's got its arms up in the air. Uh, yes. is it encaustic? You gotta tell me about this painting. Yeah, so the painting was given to me as a gift uh, from a friend of mine, um, a friend of my wife and I's. Um, and so she's she's a friend of ours that we've known for a long time, but she has known known my story. And what I mean by my story is raised by a single mom, um, basically giving nothing. You know, like my mom worked two and three jobs, still works a couple of jobs, uh, has always worked extremely hard, completely taught me, um, you know, hard work and you reap what you sow and, you know, some of the basics of life. But we never had more than what we needed, you know? And so the story beyond that of me being able to be pushed through that, be successful. And then later in life, when I was 24, I met my dad. He didn't even know I existed. Kind of a whole backstory to that. I'm just like my dad. I look like my dad. I got multiple businesses like my dad, you know? So I had this foundation from my mom, but then my, a lot of uh, who, who I am as an entrepreneur is from my dad. And so um, I ended up changing my name uh, and like the whole deal, like huge story, right? Uh, maybe for another podcast, but um, 
No, for right now. For right now. Okay. For right now. Yeah. This, that, this is my kind of story. My podcast called You Can't Say That. This is my kind of story. I want to know this story. Yes, absolutely. Well, so so the painting was done out of the vein of um, you're, you're a son to the king, right? Uh, the, the relationship that I have with my creator, I see it as a son and a father relationship. So when you said spirit, it's, yes, it's the spirit of, a, of sonship. It's the spirit of fatherhood. When I get to I got to meet my dad in the natural. Um, what that did for me in my spiritual was obviously 10x, right? Because I never knew the father, right, as the father, right? I never knew my creator, God, as, as, uh, as a loving, compassionate, I want to be able to give good gifts to my son because I didn't have that, right? I didn't know that. It's not that I was like, scarred or anything, or I took it like in a, in a wrong way. A lot of people do, right. If they didn't grow up with a parent or a dad or something like that, they're kind of have some wounds. I just always looked at it as I wasn't missing anything. That was his deal. I just didn't know. But the reality of it is, is that I guess I knew, I knew God as like God, like, Ooh, like the fear of God, like he's. So God was a masculine thing, even though you're God in your house, the God who took care of everything. And you was a woman, you still had turned God into a masculine. Not so much masculine versus female. That's 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 a different road. Um, what I what I meant is when when like in the relationship of me and God, it was it was just that it was it was the next level of immortal and mortal, right? Very rule uh, like I want to do good things because I want to earn possibly maybe the achievement of God or whatever. Like that was that's how a lot of people think, right? But for me, in the process of understanding him as a father was good, but I didn't have that. I I couldn't grasp it fully because I didn't know my father, right? And I'm not saying that you can't have that revelation without having a father. Obviously, my mother, to your point, was a very good parent. I obviously know that she loves me. So I, I I had an inkling, right, of what it means to have a mother's heart or father's heart and then be loved, right, by that. My mother and I have a, a phenomenal relationship still today, right? So I 100% know that. And that was probably the, the beginnings of it for me, right? But I was able to connect the dots because there's something different between a son and a father, right? That I didn't have. I didn't know. I didn't feel it, right? So, um, and, and on top of that, I just said I didn't feel it. I'm super logical, black and white, you know, X, Y, Z. If it makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And obviously that whole world gets turned upside down when you you know, you meet your dad, who you look like, who you sound like, you say the same things. I remember meeting him for the first time sitting across the living room. I'm sitting on the same side as him. His wife sitting on the same side as my wife. I look like my dad. My wife looks like his wife. Wow. They're, they're talking, but not even talking because they're watching him and I, because they're just like mind blown. We're sitting the same way with our legs crossed. We're taught like we're, some of the same sentences. I've never known this man ever, right? And uh, and so they're just blown away, you know, um, from the from the physical resemblances to to the mannerisms, to the language, to the tonality, to uh, you know our reach in life for more um, everything. It was it, it was an incredible, obviously, experience. That was almost ten years ago. So he and I now have an amazing relationship. You can't stop there. Do you come to me for the first time? Like mom just says, oh, by the way, your dad's in town. You want to see him? Dad, like growing up, what did you think about your dad? If he didn't know about you, what was the story you had before this meeting? 
Yep, 100%. Great, great question. So before this section of time, um, I, I didn't know. I was told that it was this other guy oh. um, who was in and out of prison. Um, and so my sister and I, uh, it was it was this guy, right? And so we just kind of always thought it. He showed up like three, four, five times in my whole life. And, you know, he was he was one of the guys that was like, he'd show up and be like, hey, your mom told me you wanted that new that new starter jacket for Christmas. I'm going to get it for you. And then I wouldn't see him for five years. Right. Just completely in and out of prison, drugs, like the whole deal. Like I'd never called him dad. It was just that guy, you know. Okay. So later in life, um, this guy, same guy, starts reaching out to me um, 11, 12 years ago. Right. And hey, uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. Since, since, since we're on your show and you asked, you want the yeah. detail. Okay, I'll give yes, you a little I want bit the more. <laughs> so actually what happened first is that, so um, one of those times where he kind of poked in, you know, um, I was graduating high school. He found where I work and he said, hey, I want to take you out to dinner before you go off to, off to college. And I was like, you know what? Fantastic. I'd love that. Here's my phone number. Knowing that if I put the ball in his court, if he wanted to do it, he would do it. If he didn't. He didn't. Right. So I wasn't going to seek him out. Right. Of course, he never called. Um, three or four years later, he is incarcerated again. And he's he's writing me a letter that basically says, look, I've changed. I've turned my life around. You know, I'm a changed man. Um, you know, I've got a faith now. And so my perspective was awesome. Like if I'm going to be used to help encourage this man, I don't see him as dad or anything, but encourage him and and blah, blah, blah. Right. So we're writing back and forth and I'm to be married in 2008, May of 2008. And the last letter I got from him was in December of 07. He was supposed to get out in February. We talked about him coming to the wedding. Never heard from him. He got out, never contacted me, never nothing. Right. So I get married in 2008. Fast forward to 2011. He starts reaching out again. That's kind of where I backed up a little bit there. So in 2011, I haven't talked to him in person since 2005 when he found me when I was graduating. I talked to him in 2007 over letter. Now we're in 2011. He didn't contact me when he got out. He didn't come to my wedding. None of it, right? I'm not offended. I really am not offended. Like I've never seen it as a loss. I've always seen it as his loss, right? I always saw, like, like you said, to your point, like my mother loved me dearly, still does, uh, literally worked her hands and feet to the bone to make sure that I had what I needed. Um, I didn't have much more than that. My friends had new cars and it wasn't even the new cars that I was upset about. It was the, the whole tank of gas, right? Because I worked part-time as a cook just to basically get enough gas to go back to school and back to work. And I was pissed about it, right? Up until today where it's like, I own multiple businesses. I have about 50 employees. I've, how did I do all this? And I guess that's where some of this is like, what in the world, right? Right. So 2011, he starts reaching out, sending me text messages and voicemails like, Hey, this is Charles Evans Porter. I'm leaving a message for Charles Evans Gidry, my son. I want to speak to my son. Like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. So my wife, I, I ignore text messages. I ignore, I'm just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm really not upset. I'm not offended. I just don't want to, I, I just don't. I just can't, right? Um, and so my wife says, why don't you just answer the phone and just tell him, hey, look, man, bless you. But like, you know, I'm not interested. And my response to her was, at this point, it's not even worth 30 seconds of my time, right? Given the history, right? I think most people would probably agree with that. Here's 
here's how life works. And you'll probably uh, understand something in your own life that relates to this. Three weeks later, I'm sitting in church and I hear a sermon on mercy. The gentleman speaking gives the definition of mercy like this. Giving something to someone which they do not deserve. Mm. That was my exact sentiment. Mm, okay. Like, ugh. Okay, Lord, I hear you. I know you're talking to me. <laughs> so I conjure up a plan to take this guy out to dinner. He doesn't live in my city. He's four hours away. I'm going to drive over there and I'm going to just take him out to the nicest steak dinner. I'm going to just bless him, tell him that, you know, he should, he should do his life and that I don't, I forgive him and that like, I don't hold anything against him, you know, just send him on his way, like release him of anything that he needs to do with me. Right. Also release myself, but him, I'm telling that to my grandmother and she goes, but, but do you even think he's your dad? And I'm like, man, (laughs) man, I'm 24 years old. What are you talking about, man? What? And she was like, well, your mom dated this guy, not for very long, but Dated this guy named Jay, dark skin, dark hair, just like you. And I've just always thought he was your dad. I'm like, <laughs> what? Are you oh, kidding? Oh my God. What is happening right now? And so um, if you if you knew Nan, right? Uh, as a younger, a younger, younger man, you know, we called her Nana, right? But she's she's my nan. Yeah, she's my cool nan now. Oh my God. I love her. She's she's 70, almost eight. And I've taught her how to text, use Facebook. Like she's my admin and several of my businesses. Like um, obviously another great relationship. Um, and so she's just the sweetest, like has spent hours upon hours in prayer in, of her life and just waiting for the right moment. Apparently I have no idea um, what, what, mm. why in that moment, other than she felt the, the, uh, love it. Of the spirit, right? Right. And so, um, so anyway, so I, I take about the next three weeks to, uh, to find out who this guy is. Wait a minute, um, but do you have a moment with your mom where you go, mom, do you think this guy might be my dad? Is there a moment in there? Not, not yet. Not okay. Yet. Not, not yet. yet. Okay. In fact, actually, <laughs> cause you have to understand like first, okay, let me pause right here on the story and let me go back to when I'm like 17. Okay. So, uh, 17, I, I straight up asked my mom, I'm like, what's the deal? What is it? Is it this guy? Is it, is it, is it like, what, what's up? You know, like I'm intelligent enough at this point to know that like something, something it's not necessarily off, but you know, like just, just shoot me straight. Like I'm, you have to realize that I started working when I was 12 and 13 mm-hmm. paying for everything on my own for the most part. Like I don't want to take credit away from my mom. She obviously provided shelter and, but I paid for my car, I paid for my food. I was whatever, it, whatever I was doing, I was doing right. Me too. Me yeah. too. So you could probably relate. So I'm by sure 17, no I was a grown man. I was okay. I was a grown man by 17, right? And so I just straight up asked, like, hey, what's the deal? And she's like, Well, you know, I don't really know. <laughs> and and uh, you know, to her in that moment, obviously, her and I have talked about it since then. She knew, she just was like, Oh crap, right? Like, <laughs> look, years of of shame. I don't like at this moment, I don't know the story. Of course, now I do, but years of shame and guilt. And like, should I have done things differently? Here's the reality. She didn't know the guy that I'm about to tell you about, who's my dad. She didn't know him very well. Right. So she didn't have a good dad growing up. Well, so is she supposed to reach out to this guy that she only has known a couple of times 
maybe he's a good guy. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's be a good dad. I don't know. So what she said is, look, I'm a grown woman. I'm going to pull up my big girl pants and I'm going to just take care of it. Right. Yes. So, yes. And, sir. And, and thank you. Thank thankful for her to do that. Right. Because the rest of the story um, of who I became has a large part of her taking personal responsibility and just going, you know what? I don't know if I'm making the right choice or not, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to take care of what I've been given. Bless right? mom. And so great. Yeah, absolutely. I thank her for that. Um, was it the right choice? I don't know. Right. If no, the choice for you in this, this multiverse, this version of the multiverse, this is the yep. way it went. Exactly. Exactly. And so I can't look back and go, well, if, if when, or if had, you know, um, I know that life would be completely different if, if, uh, if she had made a different decision, right. Um, it would be a different life. You might not be a serial entrepreneur, you know, you might've been something else. Okay. So we're going, we're supposed to go have steak dinner with who we thought was dad, but then Nan drops the bomb. So what happens? Yep. So I I find out who this guy is, but do you Um, deliver mercy on who we thought was dad? Does he get his mercy? Yeah. Yes. Eventually I do. I do message him and I'm just like, Hey, just so you know, like we're not son and father. So just so you know, like you don't have to reach out anymore. We're good. You know, what did Um, he say? That's like a bomb for him. It wasn't though. It wasn't though. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't. And obviously there's tons of backstory there and it was, it wasn't. Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, why, why he claimed it the whole time, even though he wasn't being a dad, I really don't know. <laughs> he was doing his version of being responsible. The best I guess, I, I guess, I guess. And so anyway, long story short, I find out about this guy. Um, I know everything about him. I know where he lives. I know how he got it. He's a veterinarian um, in Nebraska. I know his license number. I know when he graduated, I know all this stuff, but I, I don't know what he looks like. Cause he's small town veterinarian in, in Nebraska. And I have no idea what he looks like. I'm just so logical. There's no chance I'm going to call this guy and say, Hey, I think you're going to be my dad. If I don't have just a little bit of proof, like more than just, Hey, your mom dated this guy a couple of times. I met him one time. And I think like that was just not enough for me. Right. Right. So anyway, I get a hold of his senior vet picture. He was 26 in the picture. I was 24 at the time. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> Tanya, if you, if you, so you can see me, I don't know if your listeners will be able to see, see the video, but you can see me. If you, if you, if you get, if you gave me like uh, the eighties, like wingtip, like uh-huh. kind of shag look, you know, uh-huh. got rid of my beard and kept the mustache, got rid of the glasses. It's the same human. Oh, it's my the God. same human. Oh my God. What was that like to see that picture? Well, at first I'm like, okay, I'm trying to make sense of it. I'm looking at the eyes. I'm looking at my big eyebrows. I'm looking at my cheekbones, my nose, my chin, like back then I didn't have a beard and I'm like, okay, I kind of see it. I kind of see that. I'm okay. Okay. Like I'm trying to make sense of it. And I don't know if I looked away or if it was like one of those, you know, like how you look at one of those like spiral things long enough. And then eventually you can see something different. Right. Right. That's exactly what it was. It was like, I was staring at myself. It was like, I'm, oh my gosh, like chills. I just got chills just now, but like, just, just all over. I'm looking at this picture going, this is a picture of me from 1987. Except for that, I was born in 19... What? Oh my God. You is kind. You is smart. You is important. You is dead. Tanya Pinkin's horror film, Red Pill, brings African-American perspective to progressive movement. 
we are a majority in this country. And we're going to win the election. Do you know what the red pill is? A red pill is someone who infiltrates a group and then destroys them from the inside. This place is spooky. Some people like to live dangerously. Gas, why are you so jumpy tonight? You know what, guys? I'm going to go back tomorrow. Did you hear about the creature woman that attacked a father and son hunting down here? I don't see the case. This place creeps me out. I think we should call the sheriff's office. missing or dead are brown people they're after all of us what do we do amelia we die but we take some of them with us hi i'm tanya pinkins and i would love to hear from you you can text me at 917-724-8998 tell me what you're up to and i'll let you know what i'm up to text me 917-724-8998. Let's keep in touch. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.